Yes, people, we're back. It's another week, so that means another episode. Echoes from the Void. Oh, man, and we've got plenty to talk about, as always. But um, do you ever kind of think to yourself, I think I might be broken? You know what I mean? It, it, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this has been a weird week for me, man. I just think things started to unravel. And they unravel pretty fucking quickly. And like thinking about it, I, I think everything started when I heard a fucking Christmas song. I was just like, the fuck is going on? And from that moment, as soon as I realised and thought that I should have known shit was going to go south. But I have to say, I, you know, I don't feel bad about anything that happened. But I do feel that maybe... My reaction was a little bit, a little bit much. Probably I jumped from, uh, you know, I I jumped to um I jumped to Z instead of going to B. <laughs> yeah, that that was it. It's like it all start like I like boxing. You know what I mean? So I go boxing maybe once, twice a week, and it's all good. I enjoy it. But there's a lot of fucking idiots in the class. You know what I mean? Like, there's one dude who I always end up training with. All he wants to do is show off with his friends. He's just like, a, he's a grown man and acts like a fucking child. So he's always trying to show off to his friends. And he hates the fact that he has to train with me and he's not training with his friends. So there's that. Like, but I've trained with this fucking dude for a long fucking time. So I've I've, I've told him about my site so many fucking times. Like, he knows I fucked my knee on the train station. You know what I mean? This is it's, it's all stuff this motherfucking knows. And the fact that we train every week. It's not really you're going to forget. You know what I mean? If like we didn't train much at all. You could understand. But the fact that we train virtually every single fucking week. And he still acts like a fucking fool. It's very frustrating. And he's always trying deliberately to to land a, a cheap shot on me. Always trying to land a cheap shot on me. And I have to stop myself from knocking him out all the time. Ugh. God damn it. But this fucking arsehole. Like this week. Just, yeah. It, it was the last. It was a straw that broke. My back, fuck the camel, it was my back that got broke. It's like, he's just fucking around. And 
we're, we're using the resistance band, and because he's fucking around, I just feel my knee just, ah, uh, just turn, and the pain that shot through my leg was insane. So, um, you know, I, I, I had grounds to tell my man to stop being an asshole, and I did. I did do that. I also told him that I <laughs> I would kill him and everyone he fucking knows. So uh yeah, there was that. There was that. But you know what? Hey, sometimes <laughs> you have to you have to go crazy on people. Because after that, no one in that fucking room gave me a dirty look everyone was just like don't don't make eye contact don't make eye contact he will he he's gonna blow he's gonna blow so um yeah you know shit happens but then the next day i'm off i'm going to i'm going to i was doing some training and um yes i'm on my way to this training course and there's this like uh, oh my god the underground was so fucking busy i don't even know you know what i mean I, I don't know what was going on but um so i'm walking now there's a an, it's, it's packed so you know what i mean everyone's like sardined in and so there's this dude in front of me but the, i don't know what the fuck he was doing he keeps on stutter stepping like and it's just you know I can't judge the distance between us. So every time he suddenly stops, I'm walking into him. And so, like, but there was no reason for him to just stop. For, like, all of a sudden, he just kept on doing it, just kept on stopping. Just, and kept on doing it. And it was like he was doing it deliberately. Uh, because he, he could see I was trying to get round him. And um, so he like he stops. I I walk into him again, and then he's all like, um, he comes at me. This fucking idiot tries to come at me, and I'm just like, dude, right? You are the motherfucker that keeps on stopping. You know what I mean? It's not me. I'm just walking. You keep on stopping. You you ain't seeing this issue happening anywhere else. It's because of you. Because of you. Then he try then he tries to like square off on me. I'm just like I just looked him dead in the eye. I said, anytime I will take your life. Then he shut the fuck up and um I went on my way. And then I think it was the third incident that really made me think, hmm, I think we're at DEFCON K. Because <laughs> I'm just, again, I'm just walking. I'm minding my own business and I'm walking. And um, this dude just cuts straight in front of me. Like, out of nowhere, he just like walks, boom, straight straight across the front of me of course i'm gonna i'm ca i'm walking 
I don't see him. Busy comes from nowhere. And so, he, I, you know, I catch his ankle and he, he nearly falls on his face. And he turns around all trying to be aggressive. And again, I have to tell this motherfucker something. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, son, you cut across me out of nowhere. So either step up and get fucked or shut up and go away. So he goes away. But at that point, I was like, okay, I think we have a problem. I, I, I think maybe my ass needs to get back to yoga because I don't think I'm very chill right now. Ugh. You know what I mean? It was just like one of those, you have that, that, that moment of clarity when you're just like, I think I'm losing my fucking mind. So I'm I'm and the, but the problem is I can't I don't know if I can go back to yoga because I oh man I'm just in so much pain. You know what I mean? I don't think my joints are going to take yoga, but I think I I I need to give it a go. I need to do something just to chill the fuck out at the moment. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, if there's any news reports of someone getting bludgeoned to death by their own shoe on the tube or something, that there might not be a podcast that week. <laughs> but fuck it, man. People are fuckheads. And um, yeah, there's plenty of news stories that kind of prove that fact. So let's let's get into today's shit and um get this podcast popping, you know? In something that just seems a bit of a shame, um it's, figures have come out that adoptions have um have fallen in England and Wales and as more people revert to um, keep on trying with IVF. So, in the last 40 years, adoptions in England and Wales have dropped by 62%. 62%, which is, you know, it's pretty huge, really, when you think about it. Um, you know, were uh, figures from the um from national statistics show that twelve thousand one hundred and twenty one children were adopted in nineteen seventy eight but and that's for England and Wales but in two thousand and seventeen four thousand three hundred and fifty were adopted in England and it, it says f- around 300 were adopted in Wales ah, that's a huge drop off a huge drop off now some say it's because the um, adoption process is is slow now yes it is slow 
it, I mean, it's a bit of a difficult one because you don't want to p- dump kids with freaking weirdos, you know. But the slowness does hurt. This is, and this has been something that's been talked about for years now. So that needs to get looked at. But you know, and and people do say that's the reason that they they're not gonna go, they they decided to do IVF instead. It's not. It's not. Like, it's the excuse you want to tell yourself. Because this is the thing. Like, people would rather have their own child than adopt a child. Which, you know, you can understand to an extent. But let's just be honest about it. You know what I mean? There's no point talking bullshit and lying. You don't want to adopt because you want to have your own kid. It's as simple as that. Things do need to change, though. They definitely need to change. Because it's it's really... This is a crazy thing. It's hard to adopt, but it's easy to foster. And the problems with that are... You get money to fo- by f- for fostering a child. And a lot of people foster several children just for the money. And really don't give a fuck about the kids. But this is an easier thing to do. So you you think both systems are broken, but there there doesn't really seem to be many signs that you know things are gonna get changed. Like Department of Education are just full of shit. You know, it's just like Things need to change and things need to change quickly. And I think some honest some honest conversations need to be had as well. You know, when we talk about the the subject, talk about it honestly. You know, there there should be more, I don't know, like adverts, infomercials, like advertisements, just stuff because you do not see anything about it. You know, there doesn't seem to be much on TV talking about adoption. Like, even if you go into the hospital, into the doctors, like, there's no material anywhere. So, you know, I I haven't got any answers, you know. But, I don't know, like, what what are you going to do? Now, I was adopted. I know other people that were adopted. And so if things continue in the way they're going, you just think, hey, I could have been one of those who are stuck in the care system, you know. And it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So shit needs to happen. You know, anyone listening that wants a kid, I'd say adopt one, you know. And then you don't have to, you know, don't have to wreck your body. Think about that, ladies. You don't have to wreck your body if you adopt a kid. So, yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad uh, payoff, does it? Really? Hmm? I don't know. But fuck, something needs to happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Hey. 
So I thought this was interesting, especially coming off the back of Misty Copeland um, being cast in, um, I think it's Nut, is it Nutcracker in the Four Seasons, like the Disney, uh, the Disney um, film out now. Um, but you know, for for ages, there were no black skin tone shoes for ballet dancers and only now 200 years after the fact freed in london have finally made some black some brown and bronze shade shoes for uh, black ballet dancers which just seems insane but the thing is, it's just like, as you think about it, with with the amount of different people doing certain things, and whenever you do see, like, and it's a skin tone, it is always, um, like, a pale pink, which is, is crazy, because you're just like, look, with with the amount of different races and ethnicities that we have, shouldn't there just shouldn't skin tone be in various different shades? Because it should be a case of anyone can pick this thing up. You know what I mean? Whether you're black, whether you're Chinese, you're Indian. You know what I mean? It's like anyone should be able to pick it up. And then there should also be the light and the dark. Because we know black isn't just one colour. We know Indians, Asians, like everyone. It's like white people. They don't all look the same. They're not all the same colour. So it just seems insane that it's taken this long to do it. But it still, it still doesn't feel like enough, you know, because you've got brown and you've got bronze. There's still going to be a whole heap of girls that are like, yeah, but that's not me. So, yeah, when are we going to get to the point when people stop being ass clowns and just make shit for every fucking one. You know, make shit so every little fucking girl or boy can go to the shops, pick up their gums, and then go to a class and feel good about themselves. Like, that's what we need to be. People, like, it, it, I think it's preposterous because people... Always want to, you know, jump around and going, oh, racism is dead. Oh, you know, hatred is gone. Blah, blah, motherfucking blah. It's not fools. And it never will be. Unless simple fucking things like this are eradicated. So, you know what I mean? It's a step. But, hey, we can do fucking better. Oh, this is a little bit of a crazy that I saw. The Girl Scouts 
suing the Boy Scouts. Now, th- this is all on the American side of things, um, because why wouldn't it be, you crazy motherfuckers? But, so here's the thing, the the Boy Scouts are, um, they're going to be letting girls join, which is, you know, it's all good, man, let kids have fun, you know what I mean? But, because of this, they're like, well, we can't really be called Boy Scouts anymore. So, they they decided in May to um, rebrand. So, they're, they're looking to change to Scouts BSA. But the girls are pissed. <laughs> they are pissed. So, in their lawsuit, they're saying that only the Girl Scouts... Are allowed to use the term scouts as a trademark. And so they're saying the boys are infringing on um on them as a brand. And they're go they're saying that everyone's confused and people have been asking them, Oh, so have you merged with the Boy Scouts? Like what's going on? Oh, this is crazy, huh? Huh? What's happening? But it's just like, look, in October last year was when the when the board of the Boy Scouts decided, hey, we're going to just let anyone join. It doesn't even matter of the sex. Anyone can be a Boy Scout. So it's not like the girls didn't know a rebranding was going to come. And what the fuck did they think they were going to be called? You know what I mean? Now, the, the girls... <laughs> the president of the Girl Scouts, Kathy Hopkinahana, has... um, She feels it's, a, it, it, it's just the Boy Scouts trying to um, use girls to uh, beef up their numbers. And, yeah, supposedly uh, the numbers are down for um, people joining the Boy Scouts. But, you know, it's like, of course the numbers are down. When we look at what is now available for kids to do, and when we look at the price of, like, game consoles and, and just the the evolution of entertainment, it's come a long way It just in the last, like, say, two years. So that's going to impact any sort of membership organisation. So yeah, the Boy Scouts numbers are down. But you know the Girl Scouts numbers would be down as well. But it just seems insane that this this is happening. You know, it, it's like the, the, um, the Boy Scouts, like they, they said something... You know, they they were just like, look, this is a good time for us to both 
work together for the betterment of children. Which, you know, is, that's a fact. It's a fair thing to say. Like, maybe the Boy Scout are trying something, but end of the day, look. Taking the boy out of the name, it, it, it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's, it's not a preposterous move. It's logical. It's a logical thing. To try and bring girls and boys together. Especially at that age. When you ostracize from each other. It's like when you speak to anyone that's gone to a single sex school. They're always like. Yeah. Like we didn't understand the other sex until we were this age. You know what I mean? Everyone got freaked out when you met one of the other sex. You know, it's always awkward. It's always weird. So mixing kids at that young age, it makes sense. It it will ease any tensions. It will just let people build and grow better together. So Stop the bullshit, Girl Scouts. Let the name... No one's gonna fucking... You're still called Girl Scouts. So no one's gonna misconstrue anything. And, I, I, and to be honest, I didn't even know Girl Scouts existed. I knew there was the Girl Guides. Didn't know there was Girl Scouts. So I'm just like... Stop with the bullshit... Because they want money. This is the thing. They're looking for damages. So, obviously, it's just a money grab, man. Just look. I say, just just merge both fucking organizations. Doesn't need to be both. Just merge. Become one super organization. Then you, you're doubling your resources. And together, you can help so many more kids. You know, it just seems to make sense. But this crazy shit, what the fuck is going on, people? Hey, craziness. Well, you know, as I, I've, I've, I've talked about it a lot, you know, I go to the BFI um, a fair bit. You know, I'm a member, so I get to see films and everything like that. And they've always got really good programming. But this past weekend, oh, it was not the full weekend, it was just a Saturday. They held their first Podstock. So, um, you know, what they said about it was, in the past few years, podcasts have gone from a curiosity to a powerhouse. With more podcasts live in the world than ever before. In this first edition of Podstock, we present a one-day celebration of all things pod with a curated selection of the most entertaining live editions of popular podcasts. So they had um, six, six ones um, doing live recordings. These were Ghibliotech. Um which uh, looks at Studio Ghibli films. Then there was Griefcast, a podcast about death with comedians. Um, and special guests were Emma Fraud and Catherine Ryan. 
Then there was Films to be Buried With. Uh, that was with Brett Goldstein and Will Powter. Then there's Soundtracking Live. Um, female Composer Special. So Edith Bowman with guests Carly Paradis, Amelia Warren and Emilie Lavigne Francoche. Uh, then there was Mostly Lit. And then uh, the stance pro the the stance podcast did one um around stand um how to stand out in film and TV, which you know I, and to be honest you know going in I hadn't heard of any of these podcasts, so I thought it'd be interesting just to you know go check these out. Because, you know, I listen to a lot as it is. But, yeah, I thought it's always, you know, fun to check out new things, get new insights and stuff like that. So I picked up a ticket to go see the Ghibliotech. Because, yeah, I've enjoyed Studio Ghibli films. So, yeah. And I had seen The Red Turtle, which this was going to be about. So, you know, I figured, yeah, we'll check that. And then also... Um, I figured I'd give the Stance podcast a listen. Uh, yeah, because, you know, they had some interesting guests. Um, and it, and it sounded like it could be fun. So, um, yeah, you know, um, let's break these down. Okay, so just leaving the BFI, went to, went to, um, Podstock. That was that's today. So um, I went to see uh, the Ghibli Tech live podcast with my friend Philip, and um, yeah, it was interesting. Phil, so what did you like? How what did you think this was gonna be? Um, well, to be honest, I thought they were going to actually show um, kind of a live, a bit more kind of live uh, clips, um, but uh, they this. Ended up with it being a discussion with the director of the, the movie The Red Turtle. Uh, now, having not, having not seen any um, Studio Ghibli movies before, I could sit, sense the passion of um, a lot of these uh, film uh, film animation geeks, and uh, it, yeah, it inspired me to see some of the movies. So I'm definitely going to check out The Red Turtle. Um, but yeah, was expecting to see. Um, a couple of clips of the the movie itself, but it was it was quite enjoyable and very informative uh, to see uh, to listen to this uh, great presenter. Interesting. Like I saw I saw the red turtle. Um, I can't. Re- I, I, man, I lose track of time. I can't remember if it was the beginning of this year or if it was last year. But um, I thought it was okay. But the weird thing is, whenever I hear people talking about it. They, it's like we saw completely different films because for me it's kind of rapey <laughs> it's definitely kind of it's, it's a weird film um, so it's inter- very interesting to see other people's opinions of it so like do you think you'll start with the red turtle or are you just going to jump in wherever the fuck you feel sorry can you repeat that again am I going to start with no I'll go start with the red turtle and um, yeah, if I get addicted, then I'll uh, definitely check up some of these, uh, some of the older works here. Yeah. 
So what did you think of the interview itself with 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 the um with the guys and the director? Um yeah, I found one of the guys to definitely sense his passion of the of the movies and uh and the, the director was was very open about his opinions and uh, all the previous works done is quite impressive what he's um his uh, legacy of works. He's done a lot and uh, pretty well uh, well renowned in the in the animation industry. So yeah, haven't not heard of this guy before. I could sense that uh, there was a bit of a legend in the uh, in the audience. I mean, the, the Dutch director himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, the, the the one of the guys, you know, he'd seen all the films, and the other guy, he's getting introduced to the films. And that, yeah, even though the one that's been introduced, he kind of likes them. He doesn't love them like his friend loves these films. So it's interesting. I did think they needed to eat the mic a bit. Because when they were turning around to do the interview, I thought, like, I couldn't hear them as well. So that was a bit frustrating for me. But, um, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Like, the interview was okay. I feel like maybe some more in-depth questions could have been asked. I think these things are very subjective and, and that kind of thing. But it was interesting to see. Would you um, do another live podcast? Um, yes, I think I would. Um, animation's not my passion, but um, I'd definitely be up for doing another one, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks. We are now going to um, go watch some football. So that's us. So just out of the second um, podcast recording from Podstock, this time I went to see, um, it was a recording of the Stance podcast, uh, completely different to Ghibliotech. Uh, this one was Breakthrough Voices Standing Out in Film and TV. Um, only one of the hosts today and that was crystal genesis um because you know um Hetafel is in san francisco um and there wasn't any um link up or anything like that they had three special guests so in attendance was pearl mackey destiny ekaruga and fahana mula um, yeah, apologies if I butchered those names. Really interesting time. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, the title says it all really breakthrough voices standing out in film and TV. So, um, Crystal was asking, um, you know, Pearl, Destiny and uh, Fahuna questions around how they got started, you know, the work they do, like, how they see the industry, any barriers they've come up against, you know, like, a lot of questions like that, you know, of representation, um, you, and we got a good insight, you know, they gave their, their tips on, um, like, how to survive, how, how, like, some of the best ways to possibly start, you know, like, um, just, 
like finding mentors mentors and groups and things like that to to help maintain and build so yeah it was really interesting because we got all from each person and each person had a very different insight they also um shared clips from films that kind of resonated with them you know pearl had a, a clip from meet me in st louis a uh, destiny had a clip from do the right thing and fahana had a clip from a um a moroccan film um i forget the name um i couldn't really follow that because it was all subtitled but you know yeah it, it was in it sound it's when they just talked about it it sounded like it was interesting um, and it was around a, 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 a true story, I believe. Um, so there was a lot of insight. There was a lot of um, discussion, and that was it. Was so much fun. I, I really, I think this one kind of connected with me a bit more than Ghibliotech. I mean, I did enjoy that, but yeah, this one I really kind of really resonated with me, and I really enjoyed it so um yeah a lot of fun it's been a good day and i'm yeah i'm looking forward to uh the bfi hopefully doing this again so one of the great things about having membership of the south bank center is you get free entry to the hayward gallery and as well as that free entry they do member viewings so once the gallery is shut, you get to go check out any light of the new exhibitions that are coming. And you get a tour by like a curator who talks you through everything and gives you their impressions. And just gives you a little history about all the pieces and stuff. So tonight, I went, um, I went down to the Hayward Gallery. And I got, um, a, 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 you know, a member screening of um, their new exhibition, Space Shifters. And, God damn it, it was incredible. So, this, I'll, I'll give you a little breakdown of what this is, okay? So, this major group exhibition brings together sculptures and installations that explore perception and space featuring 20 artists and spanning a period of roughly 50 years the exhibition includes innovative minimalist sculpture from the 1960s as well as recent works that extend the legacy of this optical minimalism in different ways it also features new commissions that have been made in response to the architecture of the Hayward Gallery. Many of the artworks in this exhibition are constructed from translucent materials such as glass, acrylic and polyester resins. Others involve the use of reflective materials including stainless steel, polished bronze and in one case engine oil luscious and seductive and often demonstrating huge technical accomplishments 
these objects act as optical devices that enable us to see our surroundings in new and unexpected ways in bringing together artworks that activate our perception of Hayward's unique building space shifters provides a dramatic and fitting conclusion to the gallery's 50th anniversary year and the featured artists are Leonor Antunes, Larry Bell, Fred Eversley, Felix Gonzalez Torres, Jeb Heen, Ronnie Horn, Robert Irwin, Anne Veronica Janssens, Anish Kapoor, Yai Kushma, Alishka Kwadi, John McCracken, Joshua McElhenney, Helen Pashkian, Charlotte Posnesnesk, Fred Sambach, Monica Sonwoska, Daniel Stegman, Mangi, Dwayne Valentine, and Richard Wilson. Um, yeah. I I probably butchered a lot of those names, so um, apologies for that. But I have to say, this exhibition was phenomenal. It was so, in, it was just incredible. Like, just you know, it's just as I said. Look, a lot of the, the this work was reflective, and so you think you're seeing one thing and then just a little bit of light can hit it or you just turn slightly and it just transforms into something completely different you know there there yeah there was this piece that it's using oil as a reflective surface and you you walk out onto this gangway and, you know, when I first saw it, I was just a bit like, well, what is this? You're just walking along a gangway, right? And, and uh, the, the lady's just like, yeah, 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 but just just walk. It, just walk down. So I walked down and it was crazy because it's reflecting everything. So you're getting these new looks on just... The, the dimensions of the building but also it's kind of sucking you in like the further you're getting down this gangway the the the, the more you're you're being kind of absorbed by it it's kind of like alice in friggin wonderland going down you know taking that pill and just being like absorbed it was crazy and when you turn around everything looks so far away and it's just like I'm never gonna get back I'm never gonna get out of this it was yeah insane it like I'm seeing just so like the differences of all the work like no, you can't be like oh yeah that's so similar to that no everything had its own voice everything had something to say 
and oh, it was incredible. Like I was walking around, and I was just thinking, like I've I've got this artist friend, and her work is incredible. Um, and I was just like, she would love this gallery. And also, you know, because a lot of this work was, you know, it's reflective, it's light-based. And her work is about, you know, light and, you know, being the light and shining and creating stuff using light. And I was just like, yo, I could see, I could see her work in this place, man. You know what I mean? And you're just seeing it and you're being like, oh, shit. Imagine that piece next to that getting reflected and it would look incredible. You know, yo, if you have, um, you know, I even if you've got the time, I will definitely say you need to go like Google Cindy, um, Cindy Cooper Blair light art. And yeah, you're going to be you will be amazed by some of the shit she does. It's incredible. But yeah, this the work in this gallery, it is, it's just phenomenal, man. There, there was this one bit, and they've got these bean bags on the floor, and there's this um kind of reflective like mirror type polished piece of something on the on the ceiling, but it's rotating, and it's and it's not flat either. It's kind of I don't know, it's hard to describe, man, but, you know, so every time it turned, so it's rotating, and because it's a weird surface shape, every time it's turning, it's throwing up new kind of images, it's capturing new things, so you're getting, again, you're getting, like, different shots of of, of the building around you, other pieces of art, you're seeing that in a different light, it, yeah, it was crazy, it was so good, it was, yeah, it's definitely, you know, something that you need to see, and um, there was this weird kind of maze that's got, um, it, it's so weird, because there, there's mirrored walls, and then there's these free walls with nothing there, but you're so thrown that you're like, is that a mirror, is that a wall, I don't know, I'm just like, uh, uh, and you're just walking around, and she's kind of printed, like 3D printed all these blocks, and so you're walking, and you, one minute one a block is one colour, and then you're seeing it again, and it's another colour, just by the angles and everything of this maze, it was crazy, then there was this other kind of smaller maze, but, you know, I say maze, these were not similar at all, you know what I mean, so don't get it twisted, these are completely different breathing entities, and this other maze, because, like, I'm looking, and I'm I'm thinking, alright, this is the entrance, so I'm walking to go in it, and a guy from the gallery runs over and just like, stop, <laughs> it's like, that's not an entrance, that's a glass panel, you know, what I mean? so it's just like walking and just having to be just like, what is reality, and what is, you know, this, 
new dimensional thing, this space in front of me. It, yeah, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. So, you know, I, I look, I, I, I can't say enough. You need to go see this exhibition. So it's called Space Shifters. It's running until the 6th of January 2019. So you have still got that's like just under two months. You've still got just under two months to hot step it to the Haywood Gallery and have yourself an incredible time. Uh, and another thing though that we didn't see, there was this one artist that has created these kind of mirrored suits and so they had these dancers come in and they walk around with these suits on and because the way these suits are you you cut the dancer can't see so they have to follow these lines that have been carefully um marked on the floor and they they've had this um these moves choreographed for them and so you'll have these mirrored weird kind of objects walking and dancing through the gallery which sounds incredible so i know i'm gonna have to go back another time to check that out so um yeah that's another enticement to go see this but yeah people go check it out it is phenomenal and you will definitely not regret it so I finally finished season two of Worst World. Um, I really enjoyed the first season, so I was very interested to see, you know, what was going to happen this time around, especially the way season one ends. You know, you think Maeve is going to es- is escaping, but then she comes back, so it's all like, oh, where is this going? So, um. You know, season two had all the main cast were back. Evan Rachel Wood, Tandy Newton, Jeffrey Wright, James Marsden, Ed Harris, uh, Teresa Thompson. You know, so and then we had some new people show up. So it was all good. Like, I think, think the stories were, they seemed even more intricate than in the first season. Everything was was layered and interwoven. It kind of reminded me of um, Stephen Moffat's like first two seasons on Doctor Who, with the way the writing happened and the fact that certain things from one episode were real big clues for a big reveal in a later episode and the way everything kind of unfolded within itself so it was i think the the writing was very very sharp i have to say though i didn't really care like you know the writing was good the acting was good but I just didn't really care. I think it's just like because 
they're ro- because it, they're robots. And as well, essentially robots, you know. And um, and and the thing is, like, how many times had we seen like the characters get shot, and then they came back, and they'd been shot, and then they'd be repurposed, and they'd be back, and you know, Clementine's a big example of it. You know, Maeve had been shot a few times in season one. Teddy and you know and and so I it just got to a point where it's like look having them die that whole like it's no there's no suspense there for me there's nothing there because I'm just imagining that you know they'll be brought back at some point in the season so I that was a big thing and like the and the story it then just became a bit like because you had Dolores going you know I'm I'm, I want to save save our people I'm trying to save our people but then that became yo they every humans need to die and yeah it was all a bit like oh okay well Hmm. Essentially, I you know this season was more of an allegory than season one around you know just the human race and acceptance. That that's what that's what it really kind of seemed. That it's just this big kind of magnifying glass. You know, looking at how how we interact with each other, and especially with you know the current state of humanity, you know, and the way everyone's going at each other and all the bullshit and the the backbiting and you know that's what this seems to be talking about. You know, because people aren't getting along. That everyone wants to take a side. But even when people have taken a side, they're still looking to fuck each other over. And that's you know, that's Westworld. That's what that's what was happening here. You know, no one trusted each other. Like even on the same side. You had like Dolores fuck over Teddy. You know what I mean? Even when they're supposed to be in love. it's just like, yo, what is that, man, you know, so, yeah, and it's just a bit like, look, the amount of programs that that are doing this allegory, allegoric storytelling, it all gets a bit tiring, I'm not gonna lie, and, you know, sometimes I just want to be entertained. I just want that escapism. Yeah, I, I think that they re- they cut down on the nudity and the sex of season one. Added a lot more violence. But the violence, I didn't, again, I didn't really care because you're shooting robots. I mean, the humans were getting shot all over the place as well, but 
these are freaks going to a sex bank. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're freaks going to a brothel. I don't give a fuck about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got shot with their pants down. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> That's like if a fucking pedo palace got shot up. You know what I mean? At one at the beginning, people are gonna be like, "Oh man, it's more gun violence." Then they're gonna be like, "Eh," but it was pedos. Who gives a fuck? So that's that's the thing, man. You know what I mean? It's a bit like, who am I meant to care about here? Because no one, I don't give a fuck about anyone. And then, god damn you, HBO. Stop with the fucking subtitled episode. God damn it. That was just irritating. I just fast forwarded through like a lot. Because I'm just like. I cannot read your poxy subtitles. Because it's not even if they're done in a good way. You've got wubs white subtitles on a light background. Fuck you. You insensitive motherfuckers. That's what I gotta say about that. You know, it's just like at least put a black border behind them, you know? But just fuck it, stop it. There's no need. You know, I mean, you're just trying to be all cool and fancy, but fuck it. But it's done, and the ending, <sighs> I don't know. I, I really don't know Because it's just like First you get the first ending And then they sneak in that second ending At the end of the credits That then kind of Makes it all be like Is this another JR in a shower incident But it's, a, but it's all a bit like Again I, I, I just don't care I, You know I don't know if I'm going to bother with season 3 Like for me, I feel to watch season three, I, like I I would need to I need to just hear some really magnificent things about it, and then maybe, maybe I'm gonna check it out. But shit, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff to watch, and I ain't even got the time to watch that. So, you know, who knows, man? Who knows? But. Hey, that's my Westworld 2 thoughts for you. So this week I managed to get two books done. Um, I'd heard a lot about Charles Strauss. Uh, and so I decided to check out um, some of his stuff. Uh, so the first thing that I picked up was the atrocity archives which is book one in the laundry files uh, the breakdown is never volunteer for active duty bob howard is a low level techie working for a super secret government agency while his colleagues are out saving the world bob's under a desk restoring lost data his world was dull and safe, but then he went and got noticed. Now Bob is up to his neck in spycraft, alternative universes, dimension, hopping, terrorist, monstrous elder gods, 
and the end of the world. Only one thing is certain, it will take more than control or delete to sort this mess out. This was a really interesting, like just a fun book. The crazy thing about it though, it's just like, it's very, it's, I would say it's a maths based story. Um, now, you know, I didn't hate maths, but I didn't love it, you know what I mean, it's, 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 I wouldn't have thought a book kind of based around math would be, uh, ultra interesting, I mean, I guess we could say a lot of it probably is physics, and I did really enjoy physics, so, you know, I guess, uh, but, yeah, I think, especially the beginning of the book, it's very heavy on equations and that kind of thing with the character kind of, like, working stuff out and kind of breaking things down with, like, maths, physics as the analogy, as it were. But the story holds together. It's really interesting and I think it's kind of one of those stories that kind of plays close to the bone. So it's like, you can look at it and go, I guess that could happen. Yeah, I don't see why that couldn't. I mean, that is a possible thing. So, yeah, it's it's one of those stories. And, um, yeah, it's just really... It was a a really interesting, encompassing story. So I I wasn't bored once. And it it, it just kept you going and moving along. So um, it was... The one thing is, like, the story is... The book is kind of split into two stories. And at first, you're a bit like... Well, that just seems a big jump really, to go from one story to the next story, but they do kind of connect in a way, um, it's very tentative, but they do kind of connect, but even though that happens, I'm, I was still like, yeah, ah, who cares, it's, it's still, this is an interesting story as well, so, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next, especially with, um, you know, what happens with the flat, you're like, oh, so, hmm, but yeah, so, um, I would say, if you see the atrocity archives, it's well worth a pick up, yeah, I mean, like, if you're a fan of, um, you know, the Peter Grant stories, um, Felix Dexter from uh, Mike Carey, uh, like, if those things you enjoy, like the Alex Vera stuff, like, I think you would be on board with these stories. So, yeah, that's The Atrocity Files by Charles Stross. Second book this week was um, The Driver uh, 
by Mark Dawson. This is book three in the John Milton series. Uh, so this is what it says. John Milton had started to hope that he might have a future. He has a job driving a taxi around the streets of San Francisco. He has his anonymity. People don't know who he is. And his solitude. Being invisible has become a comfortable habit. He doesn't want to be found. But when a girl he drives to a party goes missing, Milton is worried, especially when two dead bodies are discovered and the police start treating him as their prime suspect. Milton is a fugitive from the British Secret Service and a man in his position needs extra attention like he needs a hole in the head. As unpleasant secrets leak out and the body count rises, one thing is for sure, Milton might just be the right guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I I would say this was, um, yeah, this was a, another good installment in this series. Like, some of it, you could say was, you know, you could see coming. It will. It might have been a little predictable, uh, and and some you might go mm, a little far fetched. But I mean, the funny thing is, it the, like the politics in the book do kind of speak to um, how America is at the moment. You know, so that was a bit like ah, interesting. Especially seeing how, you know, this isn't a new book. So this came out, I don't know, I guess 2014. Um, but, yeah, I, I think even with those things, the story moves along, you know. Uh, yeah, like, Bo turns up again from the last book. And um, it like it's 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 not something that you have to overly think about, but it's not completely uh, just void of sense. So you know the story moves along again. It's 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 one. It's a book that it's not really baggy. You know, it's not really, you're not bored at any point. And it's just the right length. Um, and we see Milton again. He's kind of like the equaliser, you know, taking these jobs, helping people out. And he's British, so yeah, you know, he he's uh, the Edward Woodward version rather than the uh, Denzel Washington one but um you know as I said look this is another a good installment of the story now the end definitely has things like you're like okay how the fuck is this next story gonna go then so yeah a very um perplexing ending I think but yes 
I would say it's another it's another decent read. So, you know, it's definitely got me um gonna check out the next book. So yeah. I'd say if you enjoyed the first two books in the series, um, you know, they were the cleaner book one. And then you had Saint Death book two. If you're a fan of those, then um yeah, you'll you'll definitely be digging the driver. And um yeah, you want to pick up the next book, Ghosts. So uh yeah, I think we'll be um we'll be checking that out in another podcast down the road. Okay, people. Well, it's probably about that time that we um, ease on out. So we're going to end, as we always do, with just a little bit of news. So, um, word is Dawn Lewis has uh, joined the cast of Veronica Mars. So, um, depending on your age, you may know Dawn from iZombie or... You may remember Dawn from Hanging with Mr. Cooper and A Different World. And I definitely remember her from those two shows. So, yeah, this is good. Um, So, she's playing um, a police chief, I believe. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's a recurring role. Of Marcia Langdon, the new police chief in Neptune. So, A. And, um, you know, supposedly the filming is already running. So, Veronica Mars should be hitting our screens next year. Boom. Another bit of news is... um. Netflix have just signed a deal on, um, you know, they, they, they're going to do 30 major animated projects, which is pretty big. Have to say, none of them really captured me at this moment in time, but um, I'm not sure they're aimed at me. They seem to be um, for the younger lot, but uh, yeah, you, you've got... You know, they're, they're all ranging from coming next year to um, 2021. So you've got like Maya and the Free, My Father's Dragon, Go Go Corey Carson, Kid Cosmic, Trash Truck, The Wilburys, Motown Magic. Mighty Little Beam, Claws, Over the Moon, Pinocchio, uh, Wendell and Wild, and Jacob and the Sea Beast. Like a lot are definitely aimed at um, preschool, but. You know, I think one of the, the, the nice things about this is that um they they they're hitting like all different types of um animation, you know. So we're getting hand drawn, 
CG stop motion. You know, so there's going to be something for everyone. And yeah, they're using every different style because, you know, I remember, like, remember when Toy Story came out and everyone's like, yo, CG is the way, like, hand drawn is going to be dead, boom, boom, boom. But that's not true. There's still some amazing hand drawn animation out there, still some amazing stop motion animation out there. So it's nice that, you know, they're using all of these different forms. So, I mean, that, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, Kat Dennings has a new show on Hulu called Dollface. I ain't, ain't gonna lie, kind of happy two broke girls ain't gonna be around anymore because, god damn it, that was, ugh, hated that show. It, the jokes were just so, it's just low hanging fruit. It was just, ugh, it. It wasn't intelligent enough, you know. I mean, look, I can understand if you if you don't want to think, you know, you just want to kick back, relax. Yeah, I'm sure if it, it, you know, it does the job. But I can't watch shows like that. Drive me insane. But yeah, she's got this new show called Dollface. Um. Yeah, well, so it's going to be, I don't know, we'll see. I think the setup isn't anything incredible, but it, who knows? This could be great. Because, look, there's so many shows where the setup is a bit like, mm, and they've been great. Like, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. I believe that was the, that, that was it. That was phenomenal. That was hilarious. But it's a girl gets dumped, you know, and she she moves into an apartment, loses her job. You know, like, eh, I've kind of seen that, but, yo, this was done so well. It's funny, so, yeah, you know, but let's see. Um, So, a young woman has been dumped by a long-time boyfriend and must deal with her own imagination in order to literally and metaphorically re-enter the world of women and rekindle the female friendship she left behind i know it could be fun no you know i guess it depends what they do with it you know uh jj abrahams is trying to um make some ch 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 change so supposedly a whole heap of studios are trying to sign a deal with him as um he's basically looking to re-up and tie all his shit under one roof. So TV work, film work, like video games, like all of it. Everything under one organization. Because right now He's split between Paramount and Warner Brothers um, for his TV work. So, yeah. But although a load of people are vying, word is it's basically going to be between Disney and Comcast. So, hmm, we will see what happens. That could be interesting. Because 
His TV deal runs out May next year. And his film deal runs out in 2020. So, you know, like, this could definitely... Because the time he signs it, maybe he can have a TV show, like, ready to pop off in September next year. You know, then film work. Hey, so, yeah, it has potential. Has potential, man. Uh, but I think one of the most interesting bits of news that I've I saw was that um, Toby Whitehouse has um, teamed up with Neil Gaiman and Akiva Goldsman to uh, produce a new fantasy drama based on um, Melvin Peake's Gorgongeist books so yeah that could be very interesting it's going to be through Fremantle Media and I think one of the interesting things is like because back in the day the BBC um, like did a, a version so it was a four part miniseries that was around the first two books uh, and it's like Jonathan Rice Myers and Christopher Lee, man. But, I mean, it was okay. But with now, that because that was in 2000, right? So with all the technology and everything that we've got now, and especially after seeing, like, season one of American Gods, you just think, this could be insane, like the, having the castle and all the creepy shit that happens in the car and everything. This could be phenomenal. I think I've said phenomenal a lot this episode, but fuck it. Yeah. I think this has great potential. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, to checking this out. There's, um, yeah, they're fun books. They are crazy and weird but they are fun books so yeah this this would be this can be very very interesting i i think you know it, it's good to end on um the double champ daniel cormier like i don't know if anyone watched it who listens but last week he defended his heavyweight belt against Derek Lewis at Madison Square Gardens and it was an incredible performance you know what I mean because Lewis outweighed him he's a lot taller than him but yo DC he took him down and he controlled that shit on the ground it was a great show of skill and especially when you think Cormier had a bad hand as well and it just shows man look with with perseverance with dedication like you just the things that you are capable of it you know it's yeah you set your mind on it you you put everything you have into it and who knows what the hell you can achieve. You know what I mean? It's like, 
anything is possible. Look, you may not be the best. You may not be a champion. But you be the best that you can be. You know what I mean? Look, I, I, it just makes me want to get back into jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, all that shit. You know what I mean? There's... Damn, man. I, I like just the feeling of rolling on the mats. It's like a chess game. It's incredible, you know. But fuck, it just I can't do it right now. It's killing me. Really frustrating. But I'm walking around like an old man, you know. And I don't mean I'm walking around smelling a piss. I mean I'm aching. I'm aching like a motherfucker. But you know what? We're working shit out. And so the plan, be back 100% 2019, taking over the motherfucking world, you feel me? So, um, ask yourself, people, what's your goals, man? What are you looking to do? What are you looking to achieve, you know? But, I know what you're probably looking to do and achieve right now. You're looking to share the podcast with all your peoples. You're looking to go to iTunes, leave a comment. You're looking to subscribe and you're looking to enjoy Echo Chamber when it hits you in the dome tomorrow. That's what you're looking to do. All right, people. I'm ready to bounce. Enjoy the week. And uh, I'll catch you next time. All right. Peace.